and, and the irony is, of course, as you referred to earlier, there are materials. Scales has done a very good job in a lot of cases, as we said, probably under-resourced, but done some good materials. When we did our um, state of school survey recently, it was, it was, I think, one of the biggest surprises was how few teachers had been offered even the opportunity mm-hmm. to use those resources and, more importantly, to be trained in the use of those resources. Yes. There's no, no point in having them if you can't get access to them in a timely way um, and in a way that doesn't add to your workload. And, and Colin, all of this, is, as we can see, builds up and builds up for teachers. And, and, and where that's coming to ahead is in burnout, satisfaction, intention to leave. Again, in that state of school survey, I think we were all stunned a couple of years ago within the union even, where, where the number of people who'd considered leaving in the previous four years was 81%. That's even higher now. It's up at about 86 where people are seriously considering leaving. Um, a story that's been reflected recently in a broader public sector survey, um, which has, has put the the levels of consideration of, of leaving the public sector completely. Harley, both of you have been um, very strong public servants and public advocates over the years. It must be incredibly disappointing right across the board, but particularly in, in, in terms of education. Oh, it's hugely, hugely disappointing and, and, and understandable uh, given the, the changes that have happened across the board in education, not just in this state, right across the world. And probably systems haven't actually caught up with them. But if you look at what most workforces, individuals in workforces want, is they want to actually have certainty and consistency. And what has happened as a result of things like the IPS, there's been a range of inconsistencies applied in terms of selection, in in terms of appointment. And all of those contribute then to other factors, such as the curriculum being not quite um, set in terms of where teachers would like it. And that's in part because we have a NAPLAN pressure. So we put more effort into NAPLAN than we do into the rest of the curriculum. And we need to actually readdress that. So all of those things, uh, as Carmen has said before, uh, all of those things contribute to poor thinking about how I feel about my job and about myself in that job, and therefore, uh, is there an alternative? We need to have a look at how do we address retention in a much broader way and, and do that by having a look at all of the facets of what we're asking teachers to do and how we can support them. And I think there's an opportunity through this report. Um, one of the things that we've been really, really pleased with, as Carmen has said earlier in the podcast, all of these recommendations are doable. They're, they're logical, they're practical. Many of them don't require a lot of money, but they will provide a great deal of satisfaction within the workforce and a great deal of control back into teachers and, and principals' hands to actually get the job done. And Carmen, sorry, the, the, as we move from that, the, there are some worrying stats. We don't like to talk about crisis because we're focused on positive solutions, but you found that uh, attendance and retention rates are declining. Um, the performance on national and international tests is, is getting worse. The ATAR rates at the moment are significantly lower than the national average. There is a, a considerable um, level of inequality uh, and stagnating educational performance in in WA in particular uh, and across the country. And students are are finding that you're finding they're reporting a little enjoyment and satisfaction. It becomes a really vicious circle, doesn't it? It Because the students are unhappy, the teachers get unhappier. That's right, because uh, every teacher I've ever met uh, wants to have a positive experience in the classroom for their students, for themselves. You know, they, they are uh, unhappy with these poorer outcomes. 
Uh, many of them are across the system. They're not just in the public system, it has to be said. And one of the most amazing things, aside from those difficulties you've mentioned, is that the public education system, miraculously almost, delivers the same or better outcomes when you take account of a social background and, and disadvantage that the highly funded private schools do. So despite these problems that we're confronting, and I think many of them are a tipping point, you know, attendance rates and, and uh, completion rates and so on, these are important, particularly for some groups in, in regional Western Australia, Aboriginal kids in particular. But having said that, teachers actually do a fantastic job under pressure in delivering outcomes that are at least equivalent to the private school sector, and in some cases better. We found some data that showed that the declines, not that this is much to write home about, but the declines in the public se sector in some of these international tests were smaller than the declines in the private sector. So the redistribution of funds is very important, I think, to try and uh, remedy some of these problems and to assist teachers in delivering even better results for the, the poorer um, um, most disadvantaged students in our communities. Yeah. It's an old-fashioned term, I know, but teaching has been long been seen as a calling, and I think your, your uh, findings reflect that, don't they? Teachers are not complaining about teaching. They love teaching. Yeah. It's the add-ons to the teaching that is, is frustrating them. Is that fair to say, Colin? Oh, absolutely. And and you mentioned earlier about the four pages of policy changes that are is found in the report. Um, I think if you reflect on each one of those and the the demands it place on a classroom teacher, it's huge. And we need to stop and have a look at how we can support teachers in a much better way than just overlaying policy after policy. Uh, Carmen, you just mentioned Aboriginal education. We've also referred to the fact that at one point WA was supposed to be getting extra funding to recognise that, that there were um, extra needs in certain areas of the state, um, particularly in the light of the recent referendum disappointment um, it's probably more important now than ever to deliver something really positive to help um, First Nations people, particularly their youth. T take us through some of the discussions and recommendations that y you've made uh, in that area. Well, we were very clear that there were um, additional problems, you know, that as, as well as uh, poverty and educational disadvantage that attached particularly to Aboriginal students in the more remote parts of the state. And with, without wanting it to... to in the sense, use a deficit model because that can be very insulting to Aboriginal people as well. We nonetheless were very clear-eyed about the fact that the way the education system works at the moment isn't helping. Um, and in in some ways, it may be making things worse. The high turnover, um, young teachers, burnout, all of these things, teachers not supported with cultural awareness. We think it's time for there to be uh, a highly focused unit within the education department focused on um, educational needs of Aboriginal students in Western Australia, um, and an elite um, workforce who are properly rewarded and supported and uh, have a proper cultural training in advance of taking up these positions, rather than relying on whoever you can entice for a short period of time and the high turnover. These people, um, and Colin met with quite a few of them in the, in the Kimberley, are very hard working, but um, the odds against them succeeding are really stacked. I don't know, Colin, you want to add? Oh, absolutely. And and uh, we continue to go and find a solution rather than go and ask people on the ground, how can we actually make this a, a better place um, and a better way of, of educating our young Aboriginal people, particularly in remote communities. And uh, unfortunately, the, the overwhelming response we had was we get yet another program given to us 
that we have to in implement that has very little relevance to the local community. And so we need to actually rethink that whole approach to Aboriginal education. And as Carmen said, we're really keen to have an expert unit do the complete process for Aboriginal education. So not just the curriculum, not just um, cultural awareness, but appointment, support, all of the things that need to make a successful community needs to be on the ground. And we need to have those experts well paid uh, and then you see in some of the recommendations, have access back to locations or preferred locations if that's what they want. So do you get the best in place for the, the time yeah. that they can spend there and that, that they don't burn out in that environment either and everybody hopefully benefits? That's right. And, and obviously consulting all the while with the, both um, experts in Indigenous education. Um, many Aboriginal people are, want, would want to contribute and also the local community. So it's, it's informed by the differences between many of these communities, that it's not a one-size-fits-all. That's why mm. you need, you know, sophisticated um, people involved in this process, that they know um, they don't have to learn on the job. Mm. A absolutely. And then I, I think in summary then, when, when, when we look at this review, and I think this has been quite an encouraging uh, discussion, and I hope our members and the parents and those who are listening to this podcast feel that too, Whilst there are underlying problems and there are some very serious issues that need addressing, it seems that both of you have found that the, the, the people engaged in the system, the teachers, are doing a, a pretty good job. They just need that extra support. Um, they need less non-teaching workload uh, and that both students and teachers need that professional support at all levels. And at this, whilst the system is in a point at a point where it needs to improve dramatically there is hope and, and a way to do this what is the way to move forward um, uh, as you've recommended it in the report well we suggest that it needs to be um, an implementation committee if, if the if the government were willing obviously um, involving both the the president of the teachers union and the director general of education so that these recommendations aren't left to gather dust, that they actually can be implemented, modified, you know, depending on the times and the people involved, but uh, clearly um, facing the facts, which is what we've called the report. Um, we can continue to pretend that every, all is well in education, or we can face the facts. And I think that needs a, a you know, good, solidly resourced committee to implement it. Taking account of all the, pro the, the observations we've made about workload, you don't want to add to teachers' workload and increase burnout. Teaching... Is a, is a wonderful vocation, I think, and that's a good way to think about it. And all I've got many teachers in my family, <laughs> nieces, nephews, sisters, um, all of whom have been um, delighted to, to, to work with young people. But we can't ask people to do that, uh, shouldering a burden that should be spread more evenly. So some of what's needed in education is actually for other areas of government service to be provided. Health, it, it is indeed health and, <laughs> and the other support services right. that we need around the place. Well, Carmen of Dr. Lawrence Collin, thank you so much for your role. Thank you to your fellow panellists who, I mean, it's been over a year, I think, since, since this first process first began. You've travelled all over the state. You've listened to many, many people um, and have delivered a report that offers not just problems but hope. So uh, thank you very much for that and thank you for joining us on Western Teacher Live. Pleasure. Thank you. Western Teacher Live, cutting through noise on public education and union issues.